Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What's up, Truth Speakers? Welcome to a mini episode of The No with me, Nikki Spo. So I'm kind of new at this and I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm pitting out right now. My armpits are sweating. I'm getting kind of nervous, but you know what? I was going to say enough. I was going to drop an F-bomb, but screw it. We're doing this. It's the new year and we are stepping out of our comfort zones and into our power. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to talk today about money. Money, 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 money. And I have felt so ashamed to talk about money in the past. Ugh. Why? I, my gosh. I feel like women in general, we feel like some kind of feelings about talking about money. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not right. <sighs> All right. So I'm going to tell you how I became ashamed to talk about money. It all started when my husband and I came out as a couple. Oh my gosh. The people who came for me on the internet. I cannot tell you how many times I was called a gold digger. <laughs> so what's up with that, man? I mean, I think about it. It's like, it's like okay, so there, there was a couple things going on, right? I was a heat dancer. I don't know what, why that constitutes somebody, anybody as a gold digger, but whatever. I am significantly younger than my husband. Okay, I get it. I get it. That is not the case. That was very far from the truth. Um, and I feel like I need to like, I don't owe anybody this clarification. I realize that, but I do think that my own money story is a very powerful one and it can be helpful to those who are struggling to step into their money power. And I really, I just want to liberate myself from this like thing where it's like halfway this thing that I feel like I need to prove something. It's this other halfway thing where I have a chip on my shoulder about it, but I'm going to share it anyways, because I think the core of the message is that it's a helpful one. And, you know, I've talked in the past about like letting other people define you, like letting other people tell the story of who you are. And I'm just like, F that right now. Like we don't have time to let other people tell stories about us. It's up to us to tell the story on our terms. So here we go. I'm going to start off by saying that like, by the time I got married, I had a $100,000 in my bank account. Let me tell you that this is not because I came from money. My dad was a firefighter and my mom was a substitute teacher. I paid my way through school. I had to work. From the time I was 15, I worked. There is nothing wrong with having come from money. Like more power to you. And I'm going to get to that later because like I had a such a big chip on my shoulder um, in my teen years and in my early 20s about not having the opportunities that other people had. But I'm still going to get into this whole like work life that I had from the time I was a teenager. 
I will never forget the day that I opened a bank account at Washington Mutual back when it was Washington Mutual before it was Chase. And I opened a savings account with like, I don't know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever the minimum at the time in like the eighties. I'm just kidding. I, I didn't grow up in the eighties. Like I grew up really in the nineties and I was like a teenager and young adult in the, in the nineties and early two thousands. But anyway, opened up an account at Washington Mutual and I started working. My first job was at Cold Stone Creamery right there on US1. And I sang for tips and I made everybody's ice cream and I literally gained nine pounds because I ate peanut butter ice cream every day. I think it was like my birthday and they made me a peanut butter ice cream cake because it was my favorite thing in the world. As soon as I like left that job, I lost those nine pounds. I was like, this was like a serious thing, like the amount of ice cream I was consuming. But that was neither here nor there. Um, I remember I stayed late one night and my boss, like the guy who owned the franchise, gave me a like $100 bill as a tip because it was like a crazy Saturday night and all of us like high schoolers had been working that night and it was such a rough, rough night. And he gave me a $100 bill. I think we all, we all got like a $100 bill as a tip. And I still have that $100 bill framed. Like I did not put that in my savings account. I guess technically I've saved it, but <laughs> because it's like hanging in a frame somewhere in like, I don't know, like a shed in my parents' house. But that was really the first time I started to work. And I, I realized very quickly that my parents were not going to buy me things anymore. Anything that I wanted, I had to buy it. Whether that was clothes and, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch was the jam back then. And that shit was not cheap. I would save my money so that I could go to the store and buy the things that I wanted. Like we weren't uncomfortable by any means. My dad was really smart with his money. We went on family vacations. We had a ton of fun, but he taught me how to balance a checkbook and how to save money. Now, my dad is like a very conservative guy. Like he will put the money in the savings account, right? And that's what I learned to do. I just put the money in the savings and I would not really take it out. Like I would try not to, obviously for the things that I needed, but nothing beyond that. Like it did not tap into like the luxury or the spoiling myself. Like it was basically what I needed. Worked at Cold Stone. I left Cold Stone. I started working at P.F. Chang's as a hostess in the Falls Shopping Center. For those of you who are listening in from Miami, you know what's up with the Falls and what it used to be, all of its glory. P.F. Chang's was a hostess. I, mind you, I was in high school and I was a competitive dancer and cheerleader. So my time was not my own. And I was doing like that whole fashion thing and I was doing fashion shows and all this stuff. So anyway, working at P.F. Chang's, making whatever, pickles for an hourly range wage and um, started saving my money some more. I was approached by somebody at Coach, you know, like Coach the handbags, started working at Coach. Um, then I made the Miami Heat dancers and I was a student full-time. And then when I was 19 years old, I got kicked out of my house. My parents got a divorce, which, you know, truthfully, like that needed to happen. My parents needed to get a, a divorce. And as I've mentioned in the past, like my mom um, struggles. She has her own demons that she's, she worked through and it was really the best thing for my family. That said, my dad married someone else and the, I was like 19 and I was living at home with him. And it was kind of like a Cinderella situation. Like she moved in and moved her daughter in and gave me the boot. I got the boot. Now this was like really, really life-changing for me. So 
you know, some of the things I've shared about my childhood, my growing up, the things that I endured, like the type of abuse that I, that went on, my dad really became like my safe person. And so when this happened, I was like heartbroken. But now in hindsight, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, my dad was in a marriage that was like very, very, very lonely to my mom for many years, many years. They were married for 25 years. And like, ever since I can remember, like things, you know, had been difficult because of my mom's drinking and all that. But I can only imagine the position that my dad was in at that time where he finally found someone to do life with and he deserved that happiness. You know, and I had a chip on my shoulder for a long time because this is pretty much how it went down and he's not going to love it, but it is what it is. Love you, dad. The deal was, this was the deal. I was a Miami Heat dancer and I was a full-time student. He was like, you're going to have to get your own apartment. And of course, silly me, like I think the world, I thought the world revolved around me and I'm like, sure, come on, we can go, we can go apartment hunting together. Like this will be like so cool. Totally. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can go apartment hunting and find out what you can afford. Well, what I could afford was like $375 a month in a literal walk-in closet, a literal walk-in closet in Coral Gables, you know, those like old apartments in Coral Gables, those, I had two roommates, one of my closest friends and this guy who is, was an angel and like, so such an amazing like mentor to me, um, during that time of my life. And I lived in the closet. (laughs) So it's funny because like I started dating Eric not too long after that. And like, he would come visit the closet every now and then. And it was really funny. It was like kind of embarrassing, but it was like the first time I had ever been like financially responsible for myself by myself. And I took a great amount of pride in that. So I was making my money, um, which is really not a lot being a heat dancer, but there were times that I was like, how am I going to eat? Like my, this, this income is not cutting it <laughs> to pay my rent and my, my groceries. And I, I was, I took over my car payment and not only that, but like I went to school, listen, I had a a 75, I went to FIU and I had a 75% scholarship, Bright Futures. Y'all know what I'm talking about to FIU. So I paid in cash the remaining 25% because I was like obsessed. Like my dad had like really knocked it into my head. Like, don't be in debt. Like debt is bad. Debt is bad. So like I was terrified of being in debt. So I paid my school off. By the time I graduated, I paid off my school. I graduated debt-free, debt-free. When I stopped dancing for the heat, I worked three jobs and that shit was crazy. I worked at Diane von Furstenberg in Merrick Park. I taught 12 dance classes at Just Dance It. That's Alina Lanza's studio, which is crazy because her daughter, Grisia, is now a Miami Heat dancer. and She's adorable and amazing. But like I taught 12 classes at the dance studio. I worked at DVF on like some weekdays and the weekends. And I was a dancer, a go-go dancer at Cameo Nightclub. So I was also a full-time student and earning straight A's in school because I was like doing big middle fingers to like anybody who said I couldn't do things. I was pretty pissed off. Like I actually remember one comment. I'm not going to say who it came from because this person would just like crawl under a rock and hope to die. But it was so mean. But I remember this person said to me, you could just work at Hooters. I'm sure you'll find a rich guy there to take care of you. And I remember being like, you mother. Pause a moment of silence, please. I remember being like, screw that. 
I remember somebody else saying to me, you don't need to go to college. You can get an associate's degree and be perfectly happy, which is, by the way, which is true. Like you don't have to go to college to like be super successful. But I like had this chip on my shoulder. I'm like, I can do the hard things people. Like I can do the hard things. And so I was pissed off and I was like, yeah, you want to see what I'm going to do? I'm going to work three jobs. I'm going to go to school full time and I'm going to pay all my stuff and I'm going to save money. I started saving money like a crazy person. Like there was no like extra room for anything. Like there were no extras in my life. So by the time I graduated college, I think I had about $30,000 saved up in my savings account. And then I took a nannying job and it was on a big AF boat going around the Bahamas for, I think it was like a month and a half, two months or something like that. And I let go of my apartment. The job paid cash and it paid very well. And which was amazing, by the way, it was like two kids who were like 11 and eight. So there wasn't like, it wasn't so like heavy on the workload. It was really like, go when we boat the dock, like go swimming and snorkeling. It was like, it was a time of my life. So I did that. And I got, that was like, I don't know, something like something crazy, like eight grand that I wound up cashing out in after, after all of that said and done that I didn't have any rent to pay. I didn't have any expenses. And so I pocketed that. Okay, great. I moved across the country, moved across the country. I lived in Oregon for a little bit. That was kind of weird time. It was a really dark time in life. I get, I like to gloss over that time, but then I moved to LA and like, I, I couch surfed for a while in studio city. And I, I had an art history degree. I was like, what the F am I going to do? Like, I thought I was going to be a professional dancer. I thought I was going to be a legitimately thought I was going to be a pussycat doll. Those dreams came crashing down really quickly. And I realized, okay, well, I have to do something with this degree, but I don't know what I'm going to do. So I literally just knocked on every gallery's door. I knocked on every gallery's door and I like was the most annoying person. Finally, one of the gallery owners was like, you are very persistent lady you are very persistent. And I think I want somebody like you on my sales team. That person gave me a job. This salary was like, I don't know, like $50,000 a year, which I had never made that kind of money before. Like $50,000 a year would have been, it was like, holy shit, like I'm rich. Plus commission. And let me tell you, I sold art so well. I did so well that year, my first like proper job. And so I made a promise to myself. I was like, you know what? I thought the $50,000 salary was a lot of money. I'm going to live off of that. And I pocketed the rest of it. I put that shit in my savings account. Again, like I could have had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to like go buy myself nice things for once, live in a respectable apartment rather than like the first floor of Fountain and Fuller in West Hollywood where like all the crazies come out and walk around. I'm like, I would wake up in the morning and hear like the people coming home from the clubs, like the zombies coming home from the clubs. And I'm like, oh shit, that was like right outside my window. Like definitely could have lived in a safer apartment, but I was like determined to make a little nest egg for myself. And then I finally moved back to Miami opened the art gallery in Miami, decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to be a teacher. At this time, like my relationship with Eric was like flourishing. We were like getting serious. And I remember moving back to Miami and I lived in a shithole in Miami beach that was also super sketch, questionable. And I remember Eric telling me one day, like, you know, Nikki, it's 2012. We just came out as a couple 
and I visit you at this really sketchy apartment, but like, I really think you need to get a better apartment. And I'm like, my rent is $900 a month. And that's all I can afford as a teacher. Cause you know, cause I had become a teacher. So I'm going to say that's a hard no. He's like, I'll pay for your apartment. I'm like, what? Somebody is going to take care of me? Like I had so many issues with that. I said, no. I said, no, you can't pay for me (laughs) to have a nice apartment. Like in hindsight, I'm like, shut up, stupid girl. Like take, let him pay for your apartment. Like stop struggling. I I had chips on my shoulder for a long, long time about that. Finally, I allowed him to get me an apartment in Brickell. But listen to this. I didn't want anybody to ever have anything like to hold over my head. I also don't like asking people for money. Like over my dead body, was I going to be like, okay, okay, so-and-so, my my rent is due. Like I'm just not that bitch. I'm not that girl. I'm just not that girl. I couldn't do it. So rather than doing that, I like forced him to allow me to pay for half my rent, to split the rent with me. Like I, I, like, I keep coming back to the idea that this is so ridiculous. Like it was such a power thing that I like really, really wanted to pay my $900 in rent when I could have been saving that. Like, but whatever, neither here nor there. Like we're married now. It's like, it's, it's a different thing now. Finally, 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 we move in together. I'm like, obviously I'm not going to pay pitch in for this like astronomical rent for his condo that he lived in. Okay, fine. So I took that $900 a month and instead of like shopping or whatever, whatever, I put it in my savings account. I like paid rent to myself for that, like whatever. I think it was like a year, maybe two years. And by the time I got married, I had saved up a 100K. 100K. My, meanwhile, this is all while people are like, oh my gosh, she's such a gold digger. I wish you could see my face right now. Oh my gosh, she's a May May to December, whatever that stupid phrase is, December to May romance, like whatever. This is really less about like me and Eric and what people were saying about me. But the fact that like I really, it was really important for me to save my money and have my own money because for me, that meant like, God forbid anything ever happened to me, I'm always going to be straight. I'm always going to be good. Like I don't need somebody to be taken care of. That was super duper important empowering for me at the time. And it still is. So by the time like I got married, I was like, okay, I'm going to take half of that money and I'm going to invest it. Now, now I can start to grow my money. And I will tell you what, like now that I look back on my life, like those were the biggest and best life lessons that I had, that having to pay for my own tuition, having to pay for my own rent. Like I remember being so envious of some of my friends who were like working or like they are people who like had their parents helped them out more and like they could afford to take an internship. They could afford to take a non-paid internship for life experience and work experience. Like I couldn't do that. Like friends of mine who were going abroad to travel, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I could have, I could have like incurred all that debt, but like at the end of the day, like I came to my marriage and I came to, I came into life. Like it's like, let me be clear. Marriage is not the end game. Life debt free. That meant a lot to me too. Like I owed nothing. I had paid off my car. Like I owed nothing to no, to no one. And so by the time I did get married and I was ready to like start spending and, and, and really investing and trying to figure out how to grow my, my income. I was really ready to do that. And I felt very safe and I felt like I could trust myself. And 
while I had all of these resentments built up about like my friends who got, had all these, like all this access to like bigger and better, I know in my core that I had developed like very, very important life monetary skills, especially for a young woman. And it's wild because like later on in my life, like I would see friends or just like acquaintances who would be like, I don't know what to do. I didn't learn how to take care of myself financially. I didn't make smart investments. What am I going to do with my student loans, which are a huge freaking problem, by the way. These student loans are just, it's just outrageous what's happening with student loans. But my point is, is like, it's really important for us, especially as women, to feel financially independent. I think it's really important. And, you know, for a long time, I had all of that like animosity towards like the fact that people were tell like I would, that a story was told about me that wasn't accurate. It was like so far from accurate. It was like the reverse. It was the opposite. And I, and I really took that to heart. I let other people, other people's stories of me or interpretations of me, like it was shit that I was making up my head sometimes too. Like I just thought like, because maybe like a handful of people were saying something about me, I like let that govern me. And I started to think, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not so independent. Maybe like I started to, it started to play like a mind game with me. And so then it started to become like, okay, I, I don't deserve to have nice things because if I have nice things, people are just going to place all these judgments on me. And it took a long time for me to believe that like I can be unapologetically who I am. I could I can have worked hard in my life. Like at the end of the day, I don't have to earn my soul value. I don't have to earn my soul value. And there's nothing on the outside that can determine my soul value. That said, having that financial independence and financial freedom and financial confidence was hugely important for my life. I just wanted to share that piece of like my journey because no matter where you are in your journey, you can afford to have financial confidence. And I'm really excited to share this part of my journey because next week I am going to bring on an expert and she is going to tell us how to claim your financial confidence as a woman in this world. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's go. Let's make our money. Let's thrive. And let's trust that our value goes far beyond any monetary asset, but that we are too allowed to feel financial power. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. What's so 
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.